Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, powered by Kasum Carr. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the amazing Jody Hill. Jody is the founder, managing director, and employment solicitor at Thrive Law. Her work to date has led her to a number of nominations for various awards, including nomination for Woman Lawyer of the Year and being shortlisted at the Gazette Legal Personality of the Year in 2018 at the Law Society Excellence Awards in 2018 as well. She's also been honoured with a fellowship with the Royal Society for Public Health in recognition of her work surrounding mental health. Thrive Law has also won Yorkshire Legal Award 2019 for Diversity Inclusion and the Yorkshire Post Excellence Awards in 2019 Social Mobility. So a very big welcome, Jody. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> that was a mouthful. I'm so glad I managed to get all that out. Uh, <laughs> how the hell are we going to go through all of this in half an hour and talk through everything we've done? I have no idea. Um, but a really big welcome to the show. Um, before we go through all of your amazing work and everything you've done, uh, we must start with our customary icebreaker question, which you just told me off air you have seen. So on the oh. scale of one <laughs> to ten, ten being very real, how real would you rate the TV series Suits in terms of its reality? Um, which one was real? Ten. <laughs> yeah. do, do you think ten is real? Okay, yeah. So, so one. <laughs> do you know what? I wish you only had one case where you just and you had no paperwork and you just stormed around the city in nice suits. But unfortunately, that's not what being a lawyer is like. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. So let's start at the beginning then. So you know, let's tell our listeners a bit about your your sort of family background and, and upbringing first. So I'm actually the first person in my family to go to university or even have A levels or GCSEs. I think. So my granddad was a miner, my grandma was a hairdresser. And when my mum remarried when I was a baby, we went, we ended up traveling quite a lot around the world with the army. So my stepdad was in the army and I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to a boarding school. So obviously we were traveling around loads. And, and then from there, that was kind of where I then decided, actually, I want to be a lawyer. And my family were like, you want to be a what? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, they were just like, and how are you going to do that? And I was like, I don't know, I'll just work it out. So, um, yeah, it was definitely against the grain for, for the fact the family that I came from. And that brought its own challenges, really, because I didn't have any, you know, my auntie and uncle, my mum and dad weren't lawyers that I could go for work experience. And no one in my network were lawyers. So I think that in itself proved quite challenging because obviously, you know, a lot of the work experience, less so now, but back when I was um, first thinking about studying, you know, it was very much like who, who you knew and, you know, getting work experience was really difficult. So, so yeah, that kind of upbringing was, was very different to a lot of my peers. Um, but still, actually, I wouldn't change it, though. I think, I think it's definitely made me super independent. That's probably why I set my firm up so young. <laughs> And we're definitely going to talk more and more about that. Um, but so I guess that leads on quite nicely to, to sort of tell us more a bit about some of your legal experiences in your journey, because I believe you trained as a barrister and then cross-qualified to become a solicitor. So tell us more about that. Yeah, sure. So when I talk to people about this, they're like, well, why did you do that? So first of all, I wanted to be a barrister because I loved the idea of being in court. Ironically, I actually was really scared of public speaking. So it was everyone again thought I was a bit mad they were like what are you doing you don't even like public speaking you can't even do a presentation I was like oh I just really love the idea of giving someone a voice in a courtroom where they can't speak for themselves and it was just something I was so passionate about from such a young age so yeah I did the bar um I became a member of the inner temple I was called um down in the middle um temple church it was honestly the most amazing experience and I don't regret taking that route either 
I think it's really given me some skills that other solicitors might not have. And obviously the intensive training for advocacy was amazing. But I, I did decide to cross-qualify mainly because in an, in an employment solicitor's job, I can actually do the advocacy. You don't need to be a barrister to do advocacy in an employment tribunal. So being a solicitor allowed me to do all of the client stuff and the more entrepreneurial side of um, being a lawyer, as well as the advocacy, which is the stuff that I loved about being uh, potentially being a barrister. So it to me, it kind of, it, it was like two worlds colliding and the more entrepreneurial I was getting, actually, I was thinking this is probably the angle or the, or the route that I wanted to go down. So I cross-qualified in 2013. And actually that year was the same year I got offered pupillage. And anyone that is trying to get pupillage, you'll know that you go through a million and one applications and it's just as many interviews, then it's incredibly difficult. Um, so some people were like, well, she's mad. Why did she not take that pupillage? But it felt right at the time to stay in Leeds. The pupillage was offered to me in London. And I think, you know, there's a bit of a misconception of, you know, you've got to go to London to be a lawyer and whether that's a barrister or a solicitor. And, and actually, I trained in Leeds. My, my life was in Leeds. I bought a house in Leeds. And I was like, I don't actually need to be in London to do this. So I took the cross-qualification exam and, and qualified in Leeds and actually I've never left. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did, like I said, when I was traveling around all the time as a, as a child in the army, I think, you know, I kind of wanted a bit of a base and a bit and somewhere to call home. And I do think for me, that is what Leeds is. So I wanted to stay here and, and moving to London was like uprooting again. So, yeah. well, listen, I'm a massive fan of Leeds. I spent, I studied up in Leeds, so I miss it dearly. So, uh, yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. It doesn't always have to be about London, and that's been a yeah. recurring theme throughout the seasons, last couple of seasons on the Legally Speaking podcast. There is great work outside of London as well as in London. But talking more about, about you, then you specialize in employment law. Why did you choose um, employment law in particular? Well, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, um, that, that's where my experience was. So when I did the bar course, it was one of my, my chosen electives. So it was company law and employment law were my two um, go to, they were my two preferred areas. But the more I learned about employment law and, and the more I understood about the uh, people's rights and how, because actually it's quite a complex area as, as we know at the moment with lockdown and furlough and all these things, it is ever changing. And I think for me, the challenge with employment law was all of the legislation plus all the case case law. There was just so much. And I quite like how one day is never the same. Um, every day is completely different with employment law. And there's just so much change. So it really does keep me thinking and on your toes as a lawyer. I think as well, everyone can relate to employment law. Everyone's either employed or employs someone um, pretty much. So I think it's one of those things that is definitely, it's always busy and there's always something that you can be doing. And yeah, I just I just love helping people. And I think throughout this this crisis, we've we've actually set up a helpline and been helping people for free. And that is something that we could do. Obviously, with it being my own firm, I can do that. But also because we do employment law, we were able to help people. There's just something about giving back with employment law. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that yeah. was that was the main reason for me. No, really well said. And let's move on to that then. So why did you decide to set up, you know, which is now you're very much award-winning firm, Thrive Law. And interestingly, why did you decide to call it Thrive Law? So I set up and um, so I set up in March 2018. So just over two years ago. And prior to that, in the January, I'd had a mental breakdown and ended up leaving my employment. And I'm quite open about this because I think it's important for people to 
understand that you can go to a pretty dark place and still come out the other side. And I, I had that breakdown and I, I genuinely fell out of love with the law. I, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't like the environment I'd been in. I didn't, I, I honestly didn't have that drive and that buzz and that fire that I used to have. And, and I was just very unwell. Um, I have anxiety, I have PTSD and I found the whole concept of having to run my own cases and be back in a firm. I was just like, I just don't want to do it. So I actually just left my job and in, then I kind of realized that I had a mortgage to pay. So I was like, <laughs> oh no, what have I done? Um, but no, I, I then decided what I thought the best thing to do to kind of ease back into it was to work as a consultant because I'd been offered some jobs at some pretty big firms. And I was like, what I feel as though is going to happen here and most people will, who are in the legal profession will appreciate this is, you know, the targets are high, your hours are long. And if you've just had a breakdown and you're in a new job, it's almost impossible. You're kind of setting yourself up to fail. So I felt as though going as a consultant gave me the opportunity to own my own time, to work from home, to be flexible. And what that gave me was then the reality of my new world, which was was kind of smart working and working to around my mental health. And actually, it really formed part of my recovery because I then had a sense of purpose because it wasn't that I didn't love the law and I didn't love being a solicitor. It was that the environment was wrong. And so once I kind of curated that a little bit and created my own environment, I literally started to thrive. And then that's where the the name kind of came from because I wanted other people to feel as though they could thrive at work and be their true selves. Sometimes feel like law firms can be a bit factory-like. You're just churning out your hours, churning out your hours, and there's no sense of purpose. Um, And you can't really show who you are for fear of your retribution or, 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 you know, for example, if you have a mental health problem for fear of being seen as weak. And so, yeah, it was a pretty bold move, but I was a consultant for the rest of 2017. And then on Christmas Eve 2017, I got my confirmation from the SRA saying, Miss Hill, you have a law firm, um, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. So yeah, I did, I did that. And then, and then it took me a couple of months then, because I wanted to, to do the brand and the website and I wanted to obviously create everything and sort my office out. So that's why. So I got the authorization over Christmas whilst I was away. And then I set up in the, in the March. And you know, that journey, that was like part of the best, the best bit of the journey, creating the brand, understanding how I was going to deliver it. And I mean, I was only 29 at the time. So I'd never actually run a business or been a partner in a firm which I think a lot of people don't do. They're normally at least a partner first. <laughs> but um but yeah, so so the reason why it's called Thrive is really the core of everything that I do and what my and my team very much embody it is all around diversity, inclusion, about be, being able to be your true self as a lawyer, but also encouraging our clients to really em, embed that within their own cultures as well. And part of what we do is obviously advising employers. So we advise employees and employers, and we can hopefully help people where they have been discriminated, but also help prevent it by giving some sound advice to obviously businesses. Yeah, no, and I love that. And thank you for being so sort of honest and transparent because I think it's just the way, you know, it's just going to help so many other people know that, like you say, for your own journey, you know, you can get mm-hmm. back and you can kind of thrive. And I just love everything about that and everything about your firm. So moving on to the sort of current day, you know, everyone um, is saying, oh, you're an employment lawyer now. You must be very, very busy. Now, is that very, <laughs> much, is that very much the case? And if so, what type of work is keeping you quite busy now? So yes, we are ridiculously busy, but that's because of the way I am. <laughs> so <laughs> I still know what I mean by this. So 
I am an entrepreneur through and through and I have a million ideas every single day. So I'm, I'm really big on marketing. I do all my own marketing. I really enjoy being able to convey some of the really complex legal issues in a really simple way to the public. And I think part of what, what I wanted to do through Thrive was make law more accessible. Um, so using, you know, as you know, on Instagram, IGTV and YouTube and different forms of communication. So through those different channels, we've offered free advice to anyone who is, is feeling anxious about or just generally doesn't know their rights, whether they're an employee or an employer, it's completely free for anyone who wants to access. And through that, we've helped nearly 2000 people, which has kept us really busy, but obviously that was free. Um, so the kind of the paid work has been more around restructures, redundancies, and actually looking at furloughing staff and making sure they do it properly and fairly. But the other stuff actually, which I find just so fascinating and actually makes me really happy is that people are really looking to us to, to support them with mental health in the workplace. So people are actually saying, do you know what, our staff are furlough or they are, they're home working and we really want to support them and we want to know what, how best to do that. Not just because of the fact that, you know, obviously people will be suffering and if someone does have a mental health condition, then there are obligations on employers, but more just because of the human element of it, that they actually care and they want to support their staff. And they're the kind of clients that we, we love, obviously love to work with because we can collaborate and be quite creative with them. So it's the more creative side of law. And what we've done over, well, through lockdown is actually we've developed our own tech. So we've just about, in fact, tomorrow my trials start. So the the launch will be by the end of the month. But basically, it's online mental health training, but with a portal for managers. So really, it's about a one-stop shop, like a go-to place for all staff so that they've got somewhere to go for information and guides and toolkits and just everything that you need as a manager but also as an employee there's a series of modules for them to complete and I think from our perspective we've been seeing that that's something that's really needed because people are furlough or homework and they need something that's accessible so you can do this anywhere anytime so that for me has been like the most exciting part of like this whole innovative side of lockdown because it's given me the opportunity to develop that which we've been doing it since January but to be able to finalize it this week was just awesome really really awesome brilliant and congratulations on that that sounds like a really really good initiative so really really excited to see that kind of come into action so just in terms of you right you're you're a busy person very busy person so you know how do you actually plan your days you know what time do your days start you know what's a sort of day in the life look like for, for Jenny you one of these people that's up at the crack of dawn or are you a night owl oh yeah, yeah. people hate it when I tell this part of my my uh, day in the life so <laughs> I get up at, um I get up at 5 a.m um and I I get up and I I actually journal and I practice gratitude and I, I literally write down every single morning the three things I'm grateful for. And then I also set my goals every day. So I have my long-term goals, like these are the things that I want to achieve in the next five years. But then I also set my three goals for that day and I do it all in threes. So you've got the three, three, three. And what I find that it only takes me five minutes, but it really focuses my day. And then I, I work for a couple of hours. And then from nine till 10, I then do my exercise. So I basically get my team set up when my team log in at nine, then I've already done all, I've already done four hours work. So <laughs> I've done all my bits and then I set them off and they can then go do, do what they need to do, which allows me to exercise or go walk the dog. And then the rest of the day is just like doing all sorts of stuff from media to podcasts to 
lots of webinars at the moment, lots of people wanting us to talk about furlough. But yeah, like it's pretty, every day is completely different. And I think, you know, as an employment lawyer, I think all of my team would, would acknowledge that that's pretty much how it is at Thrive. And I'm sure it is in other firms that employment law is so varied. So yeah, but for me, the winning combination is the early rise, the journaling and the exercise. Like you need to have all of those things. Obviously, you need to have slept well before as well. Sleep is super important because as lawyers, we use our brains. Like our brain is everything, you know, for, for our, it's like that's our tool, as it were. So we do have to look after our brains. And obviously, I'm conscious that mine has, you know, been not damaged, but I've been I've been weaker in the past and I've not been very well. And that's, so I have to acknowledge what some of those triggers are and where I am starting to feel a bit tired or a bit you know, anxious or just generally not myself. Then I have to acknowledge that and acceptance is a part of that recovery, really. And trying to understand as part of your own journey where you're at and being kind to yourself. So yeah, this this like I do get up at five a.m. now, but it's taken me a long time to get that routine. So I ha- wasn't always like that, and I was kind of always you know late nights and then early mornings. And but actually having that consistent routine has really really helped me through lockdown, especially because we're working at home. It's really hard because I don't have my previous routine of you know going into the office. So yeah, I would definitely say um, having something that works for you. And like you said before about like a night owl or early riser. If you're a night owl, then don't get up at 5 a.m. because that's not going to make you feel good. It's about finding what works for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked a lot around, um, you know, generally your journey and what you're involved with. But tell us more about your work as a fellow for the Royal Society for uh, Public Health. So that actually came about because I was campaigning for a, for well, I was originally campaigning for mental health first aiders to become mandatory. And when I set Thrive Up, I actually started a national campaign, which ended up on like Sky News and ended up being debated in Parliament. And that was really what that recognition was for. Um, and also like the continued support that we have from um, from various organisations, but also we have a, a continued campaign. And that campaign is all about mental health risk assessments. And actually, especially now, if you think about the condition that we're in or the, or the you know, the working environments we're in, we don't see anyone. So we don't know if, you know, like the behaviours where you could see someone might not be themselves. So what the mental health risk assessments help us do is to assess the well-being of individuals and really understand what their needs are, rather than just simply assuming that a yoga session might fix everybody's mental health problems, for example. And don't get me wrong, I love yoga. That's not a criticism of yoga. But actually, the point of the risk assessments is to really delve a bit deeper and ask the, the questions like we have a desk assessment. Everybody has a DSE assessment. But does anyone ever ask about your mental health? And, and the question is generally no. Um, so for me, it was all around trying to affect positive change in the workplace and the businesses to put mental health and well-being at the top of their agenda rather than it being a nice to have. And I think... You know, from my perspective, Thrive is is very much for everything we do is focused around mental health. Like if I have therapy, I tell my staff, you know, I share videos on what my anxiety attacks feel like. Um, And I just think, you know, the positive impact of sharing stories and and leading through these really difficult times, including asking people through risk assessments about how they feel or what might be causing them stress right now is really, really important. And I think you know, part of that, and that's part of it, partly why it was recognised, but also that's that's pretty much why we, why we won the awards last year was not necessarily because 
you know, we're the biggest employment law firm in the country. We're not. I've got a team of like nine. You know, we're really small. We're just based in Leeds. We just opened a London office. But it was more around the social impact that we were having. And we weren't just burying our heads in the sand and just doing our day to day. Every every opportunity that we get, we try to affect positive change in society rather than just for ourselves and our clients. And I suppose like the next thing that we're doing, um, which I actually haven't really spoke to anyone about, to really um, kind of talked about it last week, is we've just launched um, a Black Lives Matter support line for people who are suffering from race discrimination at work. And again, that line is free. So what we want to do is we have the skills as employment lawyers, and especially we, we obviously specialize in discrimination, is we can support those people who are particularly vulnerable or who are targeted because of their race. And I feel like that's something because we have those skills, we should definitely be at least offering initial support for free so that people can be guided as to what their rights are. Because often people just don't know. Um, so yeah, I kind of went off tangent there. But um, So we had the initial campaign, then the next campaign, then we had the free coronavirus work. And now we're obviously still running the other campaign and the coronavirus stuff and the BLM support yeah. network. So we just joined with Black um, Black Lives Matter in Leeds. So I'm just um, liaising with them to try and support the community in a much wider sense, rather than us just announcing that we're doing that to really get to those people who need that support. So yeah, I think that's something that where we are slightly different to, to other firms, which probably are a bit more corporate. And um, we definitely have a bigger social impact at Thrive. Yeah, no, and I love that. And just sort of going back on the the mental health uh, risk assessments, you know, I think that really was, um, you know, it reached thousands and you gained so much national exposure, you say, across Sky, BBC, The Times, Law Gazette, yeah. you know, locally, Yorkshire Post, Yorkshire Legal, you know. Yeah. So really, really well done. That was cracking, um, you know, work and well, rightly should have been recognised. Um, and then you, we've touched on it again, but it's good just to talk through this a little bit more because, as you rightly said, throughout the pandemic, you have been providing lots of free resources you know as you mentioned which have been well subscribed and i've been sharing with my networks as well particularly the coronavirus updates which at times yeah. have been a bit of a minefield let's be honest um, yeah. a of the important topics of course furlough schemes is probably one of the most hotly discussed but you know is, is it worth sort of just giving your your highlights on that given that we are a good few weeks down the track on that just just generally talk a bit more about that so on Instagram, on my IGTV, I've been sharing like short, for me, it was about sharing short snippets um, because I find I'm quite a visual person. And whilst I obviously can delve into the legal aspects of it and, and kind of decipher all of the, the guidance, I think some people just want to want to hear it in a two minute video because sometimes they just want to talk to someone and they can't afford to ring a lawyer. So, so I've, I've created a couple of videos on YouTube and on Instagram, just explaining in bite-sized chunks. but. The key thing really for, for me was making sure that everybody knew what, what their rights were. And um, I think a lot of lawyers have the, I think a lot of lawyers use legal jargon still and say they don't. <laughs> so yeah. it makes it really difficult to understand. And also the government don't help because they, for example, on Friday night, they said they were going to release the furlough update. They released the update on the flexible scheme at 9pm across six documents. And I mean, it was just ridiculous. I, it honestly took me uh, maybe six hours on Saturday to decipher like what had been changed because there's no track changes. <laughs> so it was, you know, what's been changed? Well, how does this affect people? What do people need to know? Which are the most important documents? And so that's how much time and effort went into that newsletter. So I know you, sub do you subscribe to our um, yeah, newsletter? Is that what you were referring to? Yeah. yeah. 
so that was it. And so um, if anyone wants to subscribe, you can just click subscribe through through our website or, or DM me your email address. But yeah, there's quite a lot of time and effort that goes into it. But I do think it is very important that we're sharing accurate information because there's a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of inaccurate information being shared online where everybody's become an expert overnight. And obviously there are only a few people who are experts and and actually even some even some lawyers are getting it wrong. So it is really difficult to see when you see a lot of stuff online and you're like, oh that's wrong. It's not correct. You know, everybody does get stuff wrong and I get that. But equally people are, you know, people are scared. People don't want to get it wrong. And so if we can try to help people understand what some of their basic rights are right now, not only will they treat people better in that process, hopefully it then has a reduced impact on people's mental health because that's ultimately what's happening right now is everybody's worried, everybody's anxious. People are thinking, do I have a job to go back to? And if they are going back, well, do I still have to go to the office? Are they going to practice social distancing? There's just so much anxiety and so much uncertainty if we can try to help people in that process, then um, you know, we'll continue to do so. So I did actually just release a, a, a new one just today on flexible furlough. So just constantly just releasing little snippets. And I think, I think that's the best way to do it personally, because it's like little and often it's like consistency rather than just like an end of the month newsletter, which I think a lot of the time gets bypassed because it's too much information. Yeah, no, I love the bite size. I think that's definitely the way forward and consistency. And then people can kind of keep up to date uh, with you and follow you what you're doing. So no, I love all that. And if that wasn't enough, all of that, you also, I believe, are a part-time university lecturer and private tutor. So tell us more about that. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> so I actually teach on the LPC. Um, I just teach the employment law module at Leeds Beckett, which is really nice because I went to Leeds Beckett and um, I actually teach alongside, well, not alongside, but in the same department as some of my old teachers, which is really, really cool slash strange. So yeah, I teach on the LPC and I do marking for that, which was a real challenge actually, because when we went into lockdown, um, obviously all of our clients were incredibly worried about what the impact of lockdown was, needed loads of support and advice. We also were running the free helpline and we were also managing our own team to work from home. And at the same time I was teaching. And we were trying to work out how do we teach at the LPC without, you know, obviously they had the exams coming up. How are we going to complete the module? Because we were partway through. I think we only had like four or five classes left. Um, but obviously, we didn't want people to not have that face-to-face -face time. So I was part of that transition with the university around online teaching. We made sure that we actually delivered those all virtually. I know of other law schools who didn't do that. I now tutor some students from other law schools. That's how I know. <laughs> um, and actually their online teaching was just cancelled. And I just think that's such a shame because, I mean, obviously, you know, these, these things happen. It's very difficult. But, you know, one of the things I'm, I was conscious of was, you know, they've paid their fees and they are having an exam coming up. So they need that guidance. But also, you know, the human angle is it's very, very difficult doing the LPC. And to have no guidance on that or face-to-face -face time with the tutor, I think is really, really difficult. So yeah, we made ourselves available to the students and we actually did loads of extra stuff like written feedback on drafting claims. And um, I actually spent quite a lot of time um, going through and giving like actual track changes for people that they could really understand how to get like the best marks when they're like drafting legal documents and stuff. So so yeah, I do teach on the LPC, but it is now finished. Uh, we've got the, obviously, the exams um, to mark, but it's only from January to kind of May time. 
And then the private tutoring is through the London Expert Law Tutors, although I think they're called Master Tutors now. I can't remember the name. They keep changing the name. Um, but basically, it's it's tutoring students who who maybe have had a bit of time out or or in like this situation where their online tutoring has gone and they don't have any support, but they still have an exam. So I basically tutor them through Skype. On it's less, it's not like when I teach. It's more tutoring them to to come up with the answers and think in, in a different way to maybe how they used to think. And it can often be students who have failed exams before um, because of the way they've been taught. So we try to retrain their brain and, and, and look at the problems from a different angle. Um, and yeah, they all then pass, which is really good. <laughs> and hopefully go on to be fantastic lawyers. Yeah, maybe who knows, work at Thrive Law. I know, right? Well, they're all London-based actually, but we do now have an office in London, so you might see more of us down there. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But look, as we, we look to, to wrap up, one of the themes that you know, you very openly talked about, and it's something that I'm also passionate about as well as around mental health. And I know you've recently yeah. become uh, an ambassador for Chit Chat Britain, who's headed up by the amazing Lewis Alexander Baxter, I've had the privilege of knowing for some time now. Do you want to tell listeners who might be new to that more about Chit Chat and why you decided to get involved? That was amazing that they asked me to be their first ambassador. And um, I'm actually, I'm a law care champion as well, obviously, from the uh, all lawyers that know uh, law care do um, all the kind of they support all the legal sector with with um, with mental health, but Chit Chat is just available to anyone, and it's it, you know you can contact any of the volunteers. They've got loads of volunteers now, and it's really about staying connected. And I think now more than ever, we really do need to stay connected because you know people are super isolated, and you know it's it's a very very difficult time, especially in lockdown. I know that things have slightly lifted, but I still haven't really seen anybody, and I think you know, people need communication. And if they've got an opportunity to reach out for on a free chat with someone, then, you know, they should definitely take that. If anyone's struggling right now, just just look up Chit Chat on Twitter or on Instagram and get the details from there or contact me because, you know, it's such an amazing and valuable resource for people to have. For me as well, it's really unfortunate that it takes for, you know, entrepreneurial people like Lewis to do that. But equally, you know, we should take advantage of these amazing opportunities that we're given. And a lot of the issues that we find that kind of give rise to people trying to take their own lives are through social isolation. And so actually is a really important factor of, you know, trying to keep people mentally well is keeping them connected. And this is an opportunity to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Look, just from your side, you've given some amazing insights and some inspirational stories. But what tips would you offer to your to your younger self? Oh, to my younger self. So I think I would I would definitely say that I shouldn't care as much what other people think. I think we place a lot of our I mean, some people may not, but I definitely cared way too much what everybody else thought of me. Um, and that that was definitely something that weighed quite heavily. And especially when you've got anxiety, you overthink situations. So um, it's definitely like trust your gut and don't think, don't care too much what everybody else thinks and just go with your gut. And if you want to do something, then just do it because you're you're the only one stopping yourself. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And and for downtime, look, it can't all be work. I know as an entrepreneur, as a <laughs> and we are going through a pandemic and you're in the busiest part of things. You know, what do you try to do when you do get some 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 downtime? What are some of your hobbies or interests? So I I am actually an avid gym goer and so having the gyms closed has been a bit of a pain however I've built a gym at home so I've been loving life still doing my workouts 
Um, and I've got my little dog Baxter. So he has, he loves lockdown because I'm here all the time. <laughs> so he's absolutely loving life. And we just go walking all the time. And I love yoga as well. I do. I haven't done as much as I would have thought I would have done in lockdown. But I did go to Bali over Christmas and New Year. And I, I love traveling. I love experiencing new cultures. And part of that is is just completely immersing myself in cultures like in Bali, just going to like a yoga retreat and just switching off completely. I think as an entrepreneur, that's something that is so important. And I actually use travel to do that. I think being at home is really difficult for me to switch off because I'm, I'm like, oh, I could just do this. I could just do that. And actually, if I'm abroad, I can't do that. So, yeah. <laughs> so lockdown's hurting me right now. It's really hurting me because yeah. um, I normally go away like every couple of months, even if it's just a long weekend, because it allows me that kind of break. So yeah, I'm going into like the sixth month without a break now. I'm working like six day weeks has been really tough. So definitely going to practice what I preach. And next week I'm taking two days off. So just, I know I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but (laughs) I'll probably go for a really long dog walk or, you know, just do something that's outside. Hopefully the weather prevails. It's been a bit nicer recently. So yeah. Well, if people want to, to follow or get in touch with you about anything that we've discussed today, what's the best way or platform for them to do that? Feel free to shout out your website or any of your social media. Um, we'll also share on this episode for you. Yeah, sure. So the website's www.thrivelaw.co.uk. And then all of our socials are really easy because they're the same. So um, thrive underscore law on every platform. And um, I am Jodie Hill on for my personal ones on all platforms. So yeah, just connect with us online and share the content and get involved. There's loads of stuff that if people are law students and they want support in getting into a career in law, then please reach out to me. I've got some good tips on my YouTube channel and on my IGTV as well about how to get work experience. So I'm going to start doing some interviews of some of our um, junior solicitors, but also I've got a barrister that I'm going to interview about pupillage interviews. I've got quite a lot of things planned for my Instagram to do some live stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. In fact, I've just secured Sally Penny, who's the founder of Women in Law UK. Um, yeah, we'll definitely um, have some amazing uh, people coming up over the next couple of weeks. So if anyone wants to connect with us, make sure you're already following and stuff so that you don't miss anything. Brilliant. Well, listen, Jodie, thanks a million. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Um, I think your journey and what you've been doing and what you're doing with your current firm is truly inspiring. So we wish you all involved in Thrive Law lots of continued success. No doubt we'll see you again featured on the Leave You Speaking podcast in the future. But for now, over and out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye.